Got it. Got it. Hi. Yeah. Hey, it's Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder. Welcome to the Sensual Sessions, the place to be to sense your fire so you can share your flame. And today we have a very special guest. This is Ryan Nagy, the enfant terrible from the Feldenkrais Method. So happy to have <laughs> you here finally, Ryan. Thank you. I'm glad you were. Uh, I'm glad you brought me. It was very kind of you, and you kept at me, which is good. Yeah, yeah. You kept yes. Perseverance. So, talking about movement and awareness, how does perseverance plays into those? Does awareness has to do with sticking to it and persisting and trying hard, or how you get Ooh. to that state? Ooh, that's very interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Perseverance. Well, you know, I was such a train wreck when I first started doing Feldenkrais. I had been doing drugs and I drinking and I had been living in my car that sometimes I would bump into something and I would say, you know what? Okay, I'm, I feel that, but I'm not ready to deal with it. But so I would relax, but, but then I would come back to it again. So I think, yes, perseverance, as long as we're not forcing ourselves and yeah. as long as we trust the entire organism that we have here. So, I like, yeah, I like a lot that approach mm. of not pushing, but coming back to it when, when you feel like it. And also, isn't drug addiction a kind of perseverance? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Yes. Yeah, because, so, so yeah, you know. How's the difference? Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, one of my, one of my teachers, uh, who was it? I, it might have been, I got very lucky and I got to have a chance. Uh, I had uh, lunch with John Grinder, the co-founder of NLP. Yeah. And he said, this, he said something very similar about depression. He's like, we know depression is a skill. It's not like you wake up one day and you forget to be depressed. So maybe just change the process and, you know, have happiness or pleasure be your habit. So, yeah, I think that's true. I mean, uh, drug addiction is, yeah, it's, it's like a habit. It's, we have to persevere and then find a way to let it go and do something different. Yeah. Yeah. That's also key. Find a way to let it go and do something different. Which is, mm -hmm. which is also about this way of awareness, letting it go and find something different instead of, no, I'm going to force myself to not go again into drugs or I'm going to force myself into training. I'm going to force myself into diet. I'm going to force myself into quit, quitting smoking. But mm -hmm. it, you mentioned it, yeah. letting it go and find something different so it's also like like using the tool of su substitution because you let go and you find something mm -hmm. different. so there's not an empty space could be mm -hmm. yes yeah well it's funny i wasn't expecting to go here so like now as we're talking it's wonderful i have all these yeah. memories floating up and uh You know, I remember I was doing, well, first of all, I didn't have any money. 
and I was in Texas. So when I was doing Feldenkrais, I was like, I had to, you know, I had a book. It was called the Awareness Through Movement book. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I'd go and I'd read it and I'd go, Line, blah, blah, blah. okay, and I'd lay down, I'd do this and I'd do this and I'd do all these weird movements. <laughs> and what happened for me is somehow like a muscular tension or anxiety or something let go. And it was strange. I knew after just doing Feldenkrais for a few hours that I wasn't going to use drugs anymore. <gasps> now, it turned out I was wrong because many years later, I did do drugs again when I came to Mexico. So but just mean, a little bit. <laughs> I, I, on Mexico, like mushrooms. Yeah. Peyote, yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I did a little bit of cocaine. <gasps> but I was like, ooh, I don't, this isn't nice. So, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So, it, so you didn't went back to the train wreck that you no, were no, riding <laughs> no. before? No. It's, it's very... No, no, not at all. Well, I mean, we always, when we have our moments, I mean, even with somatics and all these various things that we do yoga, I mean, sometimes something comes up and maybe we feel sad or maybe we feel depressed. When I first moved to Mexico... September 1st, 2010, I went through a crazy period. There's just so much to do here. And, you know, there's lots of experience and new people to meet. But after about four or five years, you know, I got a little bit depressed again. I was like, oh, what's going on? And I realized I was spending too much time in front of the computer because I, I was, uh, you know, working online and doing sessions and I was doing podcasts and talking, but, but only via the computer. And that was a really good message for me. because, like, Oh, what's going on? Why, what's going on? And uh, so I just started to get back on the floor again and, and do, do Feldenkrais sessions. Get on the floor again, do yeah. Feldenkrais sessions. So yeah. how, how did working with the computer like affected your your sensory experience because you went back yeah. you went back to the floor and it happened in a way like when you quit drugs many years ago uh -huh. that you did the Feldenkrais movements and you knew so you went to that same resource so yes How, how yes, that's, that a great, that's a great way of thinking about it. Um, it was, yeah, it's interesting. So what happened for me is when I came here, right? I left the United States. I, you know, I broke up with my girlfriend, sold my house, got rid of my mountain bike, all this stuff. And then when I laid back on the floor and I'm just starting to do, you know, breathing differently and all these types of things. It's amazing that we can, it's like we forget, like, you know, our breathing can be just constricted and we don't even know it. Yes. Like it just kind of, it just fades away. And I started to realize that I left too much behind when I moved to Mexico. So then I went out and I bought a mountain bike and then I finally, I drove my car. It's like, but it's like, it was almost like rebuilding my life again. So, yeah. And, See. uh, And I think somehow the somatics, the movement, it was just, it was, it's kind of a trigger, you know? 
Yeah. Like we're, when we're a baby, we're all, we're very visceral. We want to reach out and grab something, touch something. And I think sometimes the somatics, they, it, it kind of reawakens that desire to re-engage. The desire to re-engage yeah. with reality, yeah, re with the real reality. Yes. And not just the interpretation of reality that is fascinating in our discursive mm -hmm. mind that also working with the computer can can reinforce that that state of yes that, we, get that up, we get in our head yeah that cognitive state on being on the abstraction without a, a sensory foundation not to say mind and body cliche because there's no mind and body we're just we are <laughs> i say i know <laughs> yeah yeah no you're but, right yeah but these uh i mean these whole um, neuropathways and brain chemistry aspects and areas of the brain that that get engaged with sensing like mm -hmm. shut down if you're only on the world of words in the mind of the blah, yeah blah, exactly yeah 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 and it's sort of like um i've begun to think of things like back pain or shoulder pain as like we we forget parts of our body sometimes like if i'm if i'm spending too much time at the computer and i'm blah, 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 and i'm up in my head blah, 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 right and then it's like the the uh, the back It's like the nervous system loses touch with it because it's not movement. We need to get the movement and the feedback. So if I'm ever, if I ever get, uh, you know, back pain or something, and yeah. that's almost always what it is. It's like we need, our body needs movement to yeah. know where it is. Like, yes, our know. body needs movement to know where it is. But, but I know uh -huh. you love meditation and that's mm -hmm. a different in your life so what's the difference of being just sitting there meditating versus being just sitting there in the computer like mm, why one is a low back pain inducer and the other it's an enlightenment in inducer yes yeah that's a great that's a that's a lovely question well it's funny because i lost meditation for many years and i was i went back to meditation as well In the first few times that I started to meditate, I almost started to cry because I couldn't, I couldn't focus. I like just to focus on my breathing for a few seconds. My mind would go here and my mind would go, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? What happened to me? But yeah, no, it's a really interesting question because I think a lot of Feldenkrais people feel that way. So if I'm just sitting and I'm breathing, And I'm focusing on my body. Well, I think that's the difference for me because I meditate, but I, I really focus on my physical sensations. So when, you know, when a thought goes by or an image, or I think about the past or the future, I go, okay, that's really interesting. But then here I am sitting yes. and breathing. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm even touching myself as we're talking now, just thinking about it. <laughs> yes, yeah. you said. So, yeah, 
I am and I am here, which reminded me that quote from Moshe that is extremely uh -huh. elusive, obvious, that says, uh -huh. I am laying down now. Like, but it's it's not the same uh -huh. if like like my auntie is lying down <laughs> in her bed or in, in the floor. Uh -huh. And the meaning of Moshe there, the I am laying down. So it seems that when you're laying down, you're not doing anything oh, as right. a verb. Uh -huh. but, but he says it, it, it took me a while to, to get it. Like he's lying down and that's what he is doing. And that's like also the I am of who I am. You you know? I am. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. am laying down now. And the that but those words from Moshe just like pop up in my experience. As you said, like I am here. Like when you meditate, you are in your body. So you you are your presence, right. body, and all those cliches. But what's the difference of that beingness in the now, in the flesh of meditation versus uh -huh. the beingness in front of the spreadsheet of the computer? Or is it a way? Is there a way of of being in the computer and really being and not just like? Um, yeah, that's a good. That's yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I can do it for moments, maybe minutes, maybe hours. I don't know, but I think, like, if I'm writing on something that's important to me, like if I'm writing a transcript to do Feldenkrais or hypnosis or something, I mean, I have to feel my body and write at the same time. So I think that's a very integrated state. But I think what happens to most people is we're just getting flashes of images. Ah, war in Ukraine. Ah, people yes. dying at the border. Blah, blah, blah. And I really do think at some point people just lose connection with their body. I mean, no, I know it sounds weird, but are they, we lose connection with part of our body where breathing shuts down or gets smaller. Yes. So. Yes. As, as if we look lose the connection of being in the nowness of the flesh and that part of the existence uh -huh. connects with the war in Ukraine and the problems in the border. Like, like part of your being is where your, your distraction is. And you know, there's yes. something in the Awareness Through Movement book that, I mean, just the title, the title itself uh -huh. is a brilliant formula from Moshe because uh -huh. he states that the awareness, it's not movement with awareness and it's not awareness so you mm. can move. So it's, it's awareness through movement. So it's in the yeah, awareness through movement that the awareness yes. happens and when you say like you're meditating and yes, you get carried away by images of the past, the future, interesting and seducing thoughts, but mm -hmm. you are anchored in your sensations. So even though you are yes. not moving, you 
even though we are not moving, like if I'm just standing here and don't speak, here I am, I am moving with the movement of being alive. And mm -hmm. yes, and you can connect uh -huh. yeah, deeply into your own experience. Yeah. yeah. But I have to say, I wrote a blog post. I don't think I published it where I was wondering, when is it awareness through movement? And when is it movement through awareness? Because <gasps> I think it? people, well, I think people do, we have this tendency to do Feldenkrais or do somatics or whatever it is we do and go, oh yeah, man, awareness through movement. I'm, I'm aware and I'm, you know, I know what's going on, but I'm like, well, but aware, aware of what, or what, what could you not be aware of through doing awareness through movement? So it's not going to teach you mathematics. <laughs> it's not going to teach you about say the past of your professional organization, right? It's not going to, you're not going to become aware of the things that no one's willing to talk about. So, so yeah, I go, I go, I go back and forth to sometimes I think of it as awareness through movement. Sometimes I think of it as movement through awareness. You move, you become more aware and then you move better. And then, cause yeah, there's so many things to be aware of. So many things to be aware of. There's so many things that people don't want to be aware of that they're afraid of. Right? Yeah. Especially. You know? And oh. in regards with that, what do you say about pleasure? Because it made me think that it's important and interesting, but maybe people don't want to really know about pleasure what do you yeah think? well you really got me thinking about that because you sent me an email and i when you asked me about pleasure I, it's scared this is going to sound crazy but it scared me a little bit i'm like ah i don't want to talk about pleasure like it's, it's just it's because okay here's the thing So much of what I was doing when I did Feldenkrais was like, man, my life sucks. You know, like I'm anxious all the time and I just, I want to masturbate all the time and I don't have any friends and like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, this is like 30 years ago. So I wasn't like thinking, I was like trying to get away from something. And then because I'm so geeky and I have all of my transcripts and Moshe's transcripts, I have them in a, you know, a database. So I started like searching for the word pleasure. And I thought, okay, do I talk about pleasure in my teaching? And then I realized that uh, I don't, but that pleasure is, it's like, a, it's like a, a byproduct of being nice to ourselves. Like it's, you know, if we go slow and sensual and like, oh, wow, my shoulder just opened up. And that's you know, like, so the pleasure comes, it's like, to me, I could be wrong, but this is just like the pleasure kind of, it's comes, it comes afterwards when we're, when something wonderful happens. Um, but then I thought, well, what about, what about pleasure that comes? Okay. So before I, we did this call, uh, I went mountain bike riding. There's no mountains in Yucatan, obvio. Pero I, 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 and it's like 100, it's like 43 grados. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. So, and I, I went around the block like four times, maybe three miles or something. 
And it felt at first, it's like, okay, it's hot. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. But then when I come home, it's the same thing. When I come home, I'm sweaty. I'm like, okay, it feels pleasurable. Like again, like afterwards. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer, but I've been thinking a lot about that since you sent me that email. It's like, so pleasure. I think we don't always know what's going to bring us pleasure. Um, and so I sometimes think we have to go for it indirectly, like learning new things and staying in touch with our breathing and that the pleasure arises. Um, and then I also realized that I've been working on some, uh, there's been a project that I've been working on that involves a little bit of mathematics, right? Which I, I haven't, I haven't done math in so long. And it's the same thing. Like, I haven't really enjoyed it. I'm like, oh, God, how do I do this? And, and I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. I stopped. I came back. I did it again a few days later. But it was the same thing. Once I figured out what I wanted to figure out, uh, I kind of sat back and relaxed. And I felt this sense of pleasure. So, you know what I mean? Like, I, I figured something out and the pleasure... So I don't know. Does that does that fit yeah, with your yeah, experience? So, yeah, it it made me think of of pleasure as an experience of ease, and also uh -huh. as, as a as an outcome of learning in a way a mastery. So it's not the same like the anxiety of of being in a, in a difficult situation than being involved in a situation that it may be challenging if you don't have the skills, mm -hmm. but if you have the skills like, like lifting your cup of coffee mm -hmm. and taking a sip, mm -hmm. the act itself can be pleasurable. And yes, I am doing this, this project of the Central Sessions podcast inviting the experts on body mind movement because uh -huh. i think that's exactly a societal problem <laughs> that we don't talk about pleasure and we lack um, a framework of understanding pleasure like at the la language level and also as a practice because mm -hmm. i feel that the pleasure that we are societally allowed is already codified for certain contexts and spaces. And you can say like, okay, easy. Sexual pleasure, like behind closed doors, in intimacy and whatever, mm -hmm. like you can have that, that pleasure of the flesh. Or you can go for a frothy frappuccino with whipped cream and all this green colors and mm -hmm. coconut and thingies and then you can have another one and then you have that pleasure or you buy a shiny new thing and like okay you are allowed to like enjoy the screen of your iphone or whatever so i believe that um pleasure has been fetishized in connection with yes. consumerism and also in connection with um, with a moral of deserve, deserving and virtue and merit 
which is, I mean, it's a moral from the people that yes. Spanish moral de la gente que mora en un lugar from the people from a certain place. But I believe it's not an ethic. Like it, it's not rooted in in anything. This this kind of like sectioning pleasure, which, as I see it, by mentally making like like a division or putting a wedge between the pleasurable experience and the experience of our everyday life, we are mm -hmm. like disconnected and detached from from nature to to start with. And I, I believe that pleasure, <laughs> it's not only our birthright, but it's like an ultimate expression of health. Like, a, like you said, like, okay, then you move your shoulder and it, ah, it released and it's pleasurable. So I believe that health, it's our natural state. And you can know that you're healthy yes. because it's pleasurable health it's pleasurable like like you're eating an apple that is like juicy delicious when when it's more juicy delicious it's when it's going to be the most nutritious and healthy for your body whereas in the moment that you bite a rotten apple you're going to spit it out like they're, they're, we have very right. hardwired pleasure versus pain but like we cover up the pleasure and we talk a lot about pain and therapy and trauma and stuff. Yeah. But what about this, that it's already there? And it's like, I mean, like simply breathing, like touching, like <laughs> everything. It's like fundamentally pleasurable, but we block that experience unless we are on like on, on an allowed um space for that or and what it happens what i see mm -hmm. is that you have a goal i mean you have a desire and you work hard for for getting there and you earn the accomplishment and once you get there like you don't know what to, what to do with that like yeah like then what yeah yeah, yeah. and then what I, I just saw a TikTok from from Mike Tyson <laughs> that said that. Oh yeah, I like Mike Tyson. <laughs> Me too. I am. I am her, he, he's he's a great yeah. philosopher of our modern times, like real raw as it is. Um, yeah. And and he said that God punish punishes us by giving us what we want to see if we can handle it. <laughs> and it's that oh, yeah like you fight for it here in the 30 millions in a fight in one fight and mm -hmm. and he says like that i i couldn't bear that money i i i gave it away so it's like the the inability to sustain pleasure to sustain satisfaction i mean we're good for yeah. and the desire yeah yeah And you know, in, in the Constitution or somewhere there from the American mm -hmm. state, you are endowed to, I don't know, freedom, justice, and the pursuit of uh -huh. happiness. Yes. So it's like the pursuit, the not pursuit. the actual happiness, right? Uh -huh. The pursuit. Uh -huh. so, uh -huh. <laughs> so you're endowed to the, to the desire, but not to the satisfaction. 
Yeah. Which is desire. Because you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you and, don't know if it's going to bring you satisfaction. Uh -huh. so, so, so then you, you never arrive. So the, the, the circle, it's never contained. And, and this goes the same way with the natural resources. <clears throat> like there's this devastation because the lack of, of sensitivity and the lack of sense also mm -hmm. for, for all the forms. I mean, yeah, <laughs> lack of connection to, to pleasure. And I invited you to ask you about this because you know about sensing through the Feldenkrais method. Like, mm -hmm. and you describe it very well, even though I never heard anyone in the Feldenkrais world talk about pleasure. <laughs> Uh, there's a quote mm -hmm. I must say before I hand you the microphone. <laughs> there, I have only found the word pleasure once in all the bibliography from Moshe Feldenkrais, and it's uh, body mature behavior on on the chapter uh -huh. department of sex that <laughs> starts like yes, epically with coitus is a pleasurable act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, he uh, he was. Well, I don't know where I don't know how to say it. I mean, he was a. I'm very. I'm obviously I'm very grateful to him, and I'm very grateful to his his work. But he seemed like a very driven man, and yeah, sometimes I wonder was he driven by? He wasn't really driven by sensuality or pleasure. I don't think he was a very will to power type of man. He you know he was a. Back in that time, back in the 40s, think about things like, you know, um, all of the scientific discoveries that were being made and nuclear fission and all these types of things. And I think he thought or he wanted to be the guy that had been known for like solving the mind body problem or something like that. So, yeah, no, he didn't use the word. He didn't use the word pleasure. He didn't use the word compassion either, as far as I can tell. Not very many people talk about compassion in that community. No, you know, just just a thing that you, that I noticed. Although there so. there are, like for example, I, I, you know, at the beginning I couldn't bear the acceptance compassion sphere on the class uh -huh. of of Feldenkrais of the awareness mm -hmm. to movement lesson, like rest if you feel like it and i was like come on no how come oh yeah yeah like, no no uh -huh. no I, I it was two weeks of suffering like when are we gonna start working out <laughs> uh-huh oh very cool yeah, at, yeah. At, at the fifth day i was asking the teacher like okay so this was the warm-up right like we needed to Connect with gravity. Yeah, let's let's get going here. What's the yeah. real? When's the real session gonna start? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I realized my my lack of sense ability. I mean, I have all as a human. I have normal human. I have always been able to feel things, and also as a dancer. But my ability to have I didn't have the ability to pay attention to sensations. So the ability to yeah, well, you had, you had the ability, but 
you had the ability, but it was just kind of lost. You had to re refocus on it. Now, do, you, do you have a background in dance, right? Yes, yes but I, I was sensitive but, when I was a baby, but as a dancer, I was like, like a beast, like, like let's train on, I, until a bone breaks. <laughs> yeah, of course. But like classical ballet dance? Classical, yeah, classical ballet and also Graham yeah. Contemporary. With, uh -huh. Yeah, with no, that's, that's hardcore. That's, I lived with ballet dancers in San Francisco for, for many years, like seven years. I lived with a bunch of female ballet dancers. Tell us and all those about chicks, it. man, they are, they're tough. Uh -huh. huh? Uh huh. Tough. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know, the career is very short because, you know, it's, it's injuries come up and they would go for whatever a season is, I don't know, seven months or something. And work and work and work and work and always. And then when the season ends, it was just that they were all filled with this adrenaline. And I think they didn't know what to do with it. Some of my friends would start drinking or just going crazy, just, you know, wanting to sleep with everybody. Or it was just like, a, it's, yeah, man, it's, uh, they really drive you. Ballet is, it's, yeah, it's tough. It's tough, but so and then you have to work your way through pain, or do you? Did you find that you ignored parts of your body from time to time because you had to ignore the pain in your feet or your ankles, or? Yeah, you 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 become an expert of selective awareness, like, but uh -huh. an extrinsic awareness, like on the service of the other, uh, on sp despite being a disservice to yourself, like. Like the goal is that mm -hmm. um, the theater is full. They buy the tickets and everybody clap. Like you live for the, for the applause and for the external mm -hmm. of, of the teacher. And for me, it was shocking when I, one of the biggest shocks was those two eternal weeks of laying on the floor, sensing. <laughs> Like I was really going crazy, uh -huh. <laughs> going crazy, and it wow. changed my life forever. And I, it was very interesting. It was in San Miguel de Allende, and after after uh -huh. every uh -huh. class every day, I was like one of those ballet dancers. By the end of the season, I went from the training place on the outside of the town and walked to the other corner corner of the. It's a small city actually, to the city. And back yeah. to the mm -hmm. place where I was staying, like I took like a two-hour walk because I was going really like every day, like desperate. And by by the first week, I started noticing like everybody is looking at me when I walk, and then I and then I realized like, oh yeah, feels good. We've been pushing the <laughs> the the wall all day long and practicing the the weight shift pattern of the feet and the little turning of the iliac bones in the mm -hmm. pelvis and like the vertebrae <laughs> vertebra resonance of, of the spine. So I was walking like, like a river or I don't know. It was, and it, I noticed also that it was not, not only like <clears throat> attention grabbing my way of walking, but it, it was like uh -huh. very easy, like, To, to walk two hours, <laughs> it was no longer like like a, but like ah, it wasn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Mm -hmm. And that 
that time, I really felt that one step led me to the other and the other, like, like an internal unfolding of movement. And it was extremely interesting. But it wasn't until a Gaga class, Gaga dancing class, uh-huh. that the teacher asked to cover the mirror. So I, I turned green or I don't know, like, how am I going to work oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. without the mirror? Like, I, I need to see my, my reflection to sense myself. Like, and then again, like, after five days, I realized, like, no, like, I know, luckily, I, I learned the alignment of my body through sensations, but my, my perception of myself was, like, bias and I believe it's also because we don't talk enough about this of sensing our bodies and well we, we talk about sensing oh. pain everybody yes. complains about pain all the time yes yes yeah but whenever we very rarely talk about sensing pleasure right like oh I, I have this strange pleasure that's happening all the time oh doctor can you help me I <laughs> I feel I just feel pleasure in my on my legs and I don't know where it's coming from but yeah yeah it's very pleasurable yeah. so so but I want to just ask you so your dance teacher covered the mirror and that was part of the tech like a technique for it to like so you could feel yourself dancing from the inside out yes yeah that's the way they practice uh, gaga yeah oh, and it was yeah. fascinating because uh Oh no, ah, Ohad Naharin is the inventor of Gaga. He's the dance creative director of the Bachelor Dance Company in Tel Aviv. And he studied, uh-huh. I don't know if with Moshe himself, he has 70, or mm-hmm. with some be. of uh-huh. the first generation teachers. So it's Feldenkrais in informed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you see? people struggle the most when it comes to sensing or to, to laying mm. on the floor. Like, well, it's really interesting because for the last 10 years or so, I haven't been seeing people at all. I do all my teaching online. So I don't have an opportunity to very often to see people moving. It's very strange, actually, for a, a Feldenkrais person. But in terms of feedback, what you just mentioned about people, I've had many people on my online forum will say, oh, yeah, the first minute or two of these scans that you do, Ryan, like they drive me crazy. I'm like, I want to get to the movement, just kind of like you what you've been saying here. And, you know, from what I understand. Different like um, how can I say this? Uh, a friend of mine was teaching Feldenkrais in Israel many years ago. She was going there to, to cover for a friend. So a friend said, hey, I'm going to go on vacation. Could you come to Israel, teach my Feldenkrais classes? And she said, and by the way, don't do the long scans. Like my, my clients here in Israel, they don't want that. They think it's too American. So you just get lay down and then start the movement. Really? Which I thought was really interesting. So yeah, so there's a bit of a cultural component to it. So cultural component to it how how do yeah, you yeah like the yeah how, well how because do... i studied with 
because I study with uh, many of Milton Erickson's students, and I'm a real big fan of hypnosis and psychology and things of that nature. And because I can't see people, like I'm, most of my recordings are audio recordings. So I really, you know, I have to get in a balanced space and I really, I try to imagine the person in front of me and I want to be very specific. So I, and I think it helps me as a teacher and them as a student. So I'm like, okay, so you're right here in front of me and you can feel your feet on the floor, right? And you're nodding your head a little bit. That's nice. And you can also perhaps be aware of your breathing. That's nice. Sit up a little bit and get comfortable. And then I kind of go into it from there because that helps me orient myself and the person in front of me or the person who's listening to my audio. And that was an, a thing for me doing Feldenkrais because I was so out of touch when I first started doing that years ago, I was confused all the time. I, you know, I would do a movement and I'd be, and then I'd wake up and I'm like, what's everybody doing? I got all anxious. Like now what, what's everybody doing? So when I teach, I try to be very clear and, you know, after a rest, I don't just say, okay, get on your side. I go, okay, now get on your right side. That's right. Your right side. Now you put your, you know, your left hand. So I'm, I'm constantly repeating <laughs> things. I want people to know where they are. And, uh, it, you know, it, that's not a style that everybody likes, but it, it seems to work for me and the people that purchase my series and things of that nature. Precise awareness. Um, so would you share with us a little experience of what you're doing? Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Hmm. Well, what would you like to experience? Pleasure. Pleasure. So... All right. Pleasure. So I would imagine you've had a lot of pleasurable experiences in your life. Right? Do you do you focus on pleasure? Like do you have some process? For example, do you do you go out of your way to write things down? I'm I'm just I'm just I'm curious. I went through a period in my life where I realized I wasn't being grateful enough. So I would write down in the morning, okay, I'm grateful I have food. I'm grateful that I have a place to stay. I'm grateful for Feldenkrais. I'm grateful for this chance to talk to you. So how do you personally focus on remember pleasure? Remember, you know. You personally and whoever is listening. You know, I, I find it great that you mentioned gratitude because I... Uh -huh. <laughs> I experience pleasure in a way as gratitude. And I, I, mm. I had like a blockage with gratitude, not to be ungrateful, but I felt like I was like, it was an imposition or duty to like, uh -huh. now you have like, you have to pay your taxes and you have to deal with the struggles <laughs> of your life. And also you, you have to, Like the, you ought, you must, you have to. And in spite of that, yeah. you have to smile and be grateful. Like, ah. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> and it was, it was a great reframe one day that I was like, like, ex like becoming aware of, of what stuff I was enjoying, not only in my life, but also in my body. Like super nice to have a big toe. Uh, specifically 
a right big toe. <laughs> like, and, I, and I felt how great and delicious was that sensation. I, and then I went like, oh, this is gratitude. But it's not the, the gratitude of the <clears throat> ought and the most. But uh -huh, like, that's beautiful. Get, yeah. But like, wow, the the awe of of the experience of being alive. So yeah, that's that's like a right. long way. That's to, yeah, that's beautiful. With pleasure. Yeah. What well, because what you're saying with that and also reminds me of forgiveness because I, I used to feel like there were some people in my life I wanted to forgive, but I didn't want to because I felt like people were saying, you need to be more forgiving. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, I, and I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to, then I'm not going to do it then. Ah. <laughs> right. But then I realized that I, you know, that I needed to do it for myself. It wasn't, I wasn't forgiving the other person for them. I was doing it to just let go of my own stuff. All right. So, if we were to do not necessarily a Feldenkrais session, but a hypnosis session or something like that, and you were a coaching client or sitting right in front of me, I might say something like, would you be willing to take some time to think about a pleasurable experience? Doesn't matter if it's a big pleasurable experience, doesn't matter if it's a small pleasurable experience. You don't have to tell me about it. It's just for you. And you can take, if you'd be willing, take all the time that you want just to go deeply into some pleasurable experience or part of a pleasurable experience. You can do it with your eyes open. You can do it with your eyes closed. I mean, as we're, as you're sitting there, you can hear the sound of my voice. You can feel support from the environment, the floor reaching up to support you, your chair, if you're sitting in a chair. Just take all the time that you want to go deeply into some pleasurable experience and go only as deeply as you want to go. And take all the time that is necessary. but you're already really good at this type of thing. So you don't really need to waste any time at all. That's nice, but take your time. That's nice. And go deeply and quickly into that pleasurable experience. in the way that is the most satisfying to you. And only to you.
Notice that your breathing has changed a little bit. Muscles in your face have relaxed. Your face looks smoother. Your heart rate has changed. Breathing a little bit differently. bit of fluttering of your eyelids. It's nice. Well, it certainly looks wonderful, whatever it is. I feel more relaxed and pleasurable as well. Okay. You can let your eyes open, whatever you'd like to. Hello. Hello. Well, you're very comfortable going inside. Super comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was a, a good experience. 
Yes. Oh, your, your voice sounds different. Yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I feel more aligned. And mm. I feel that my cheekbones blushed too. So yeah, they did a couple of times. I mean, yeah. from what I can tell right here. There must be an improvement in circulation. Yes. <laughs> I changed the mattress of my bed and it has like this uh -huh. like intelligent foam that uh -huh. I need to learn to use it. <laughs> but one one day I just lay down and I feel like oh <laughs> like really the, supported by the mattress. And oh. Uh -huh. I felt like if I, if the mattress or the alignment was like pushing a, a big red button on my thorax, <laughs> and <laughs> <all> the, <laughs> yeah, like from, from those American hey. Iron contests, they, yeah, like uh -huh. like that, and but so, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, in a in a like positive. it was a okay, like a relax, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so I landed and I felt like literally the mattress touching like my mid back and then like oh like my rib cage opening to its real size so it's not like something unusual but more like falling back into my true 3d dimension and i rested mm -hmm. like two decades of <laughs> pending rest wow. just like in a couple hours that i took that nap like really i felt like oh, this pleasure that you described early of the pleasure of ease and the mm -hmm. the outcome yeah that was well that was the the first moment experience of pleasure i remember yeah very nice okay, cool. yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it Thank you, thank you. So tell us, thank you. Where, where can we know more about your doings? Um, what well, my website is ryannegi.com, ryannegi.com. R Y A N, yes, N A G Y.com. And then if you do a backslash and type in the word email, E M A I L, I have a course. It's a five day, I call it the five day Feldenkrais challenge. It's five audio sessions and they're 20 to 30 minutes and it gives, gives people a chance to experience Feldenkrais. Yeah. See if they like it. Yeah. So, yeah. so go grab. And then of course, afterwards I will. Yeah. Hmm? And afterwards. Oh, and then I'll try to sell you something. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some private yeah, session. But no, I like. Well, you know, it's really wonderful because we, we keep talking about ways to bring people into their sensual selves and the internet can actually do that. You know, we have a way to give people an audio, a video, let them touch base and just kind of expand and just go step by step in a way that, you know, not all professions can do that. It's wonderful to be, whether, whether or not you do yoga or somatics or not manual or rolfing, you know, yeah. say, give people the experience. Yeah, the yes. experience of themselves. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and you. I think you and I are due for a meeting, I think, in Mexico City. So when I'm up that way, we'll have to yeah, catch up. Meet up. Yeah, of course. And do it's another <laughs> along a coffee and some. Yeah, I'd love to. And some chilaquiles or something. 
So, well, stay tuned for Andale. next for next podcast with Ryan and Candia and Chilaquiles <laughs> and another okay, other kinds of enjoying the body and the experience. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah, thank you, Candy. Un grande gusto, en verdad. Un gran gusto. So also, thank you, Centralist. Remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share the flame. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Essential Sessions, go to centraldepoder.com and get on the list so you get these episodes every week. See you next time.